This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's Shake Them Ropes. It's the Thursday show. My name is Chris Novembrino. With me, as always, is my co-hostess with the co-hostess, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how you doing? Are we all adequately angered out of our silly dragon show? Good. (laughs) Someone is still cranky about chair game, but not I. Chair game? Because I never saw that. Oh, that that thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Chair game. <laughs> oh, it's sure. A... There's plenty. I mean, you can go online and rant and rave. My favorite thing is there's going to be like a two-hour documentary about the reading of the last script as if it's some – as if they're reading, you know, <laughs> Huck Finn or something. I am hearing big things about this Hodor character. So. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting times yeah. over there on that show. But on our show – we have this week NXT UK, NXT US, and 205 Live. But first and foremost, the cleanup section. Jeff, what do we have in the roster, in the holster? Hold on, Chris. We don't segment? have our we don't have our big double or nothing pre-show where we pick all the winners. No, <laughs> I guess we don't. Every every podcaster on earth, I think, is there. I am not in Vegas this weekend, kids. Sorry if you, if you were expecting to see me there. Uh, I I bailed when the lady bailed, so you know what? <laughs> if they if a bomb goes off there, we'll have a huge market. Why share, would you Chris. make that sort of joke with Las I Vegas, Jeff? I, I, I mean, come on, come oh, on. Oh, that's right, Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor uh, taste, poor taste, Hawkins. I'm here for poor taste. I apologize. Okay, uh, cleanup. Uh, four members of the WWE roster are not going to Saudi Arabia. Two by choice and two by request. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens both said no thank you and were granted that ability. That's probably why we saw Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown. And then uh, they have said Sami Zayn is not welcome. And also, oddly enough, Alistair Black not welcome. Uh, apparently some of his tattoos connotate some religious... Um, yeah, I was going to say, it has to do with the tattoos, I'm yes. certain. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Which, uh, that's, you know, he, I wouldn't, you know what? <laughs> Alistair Black could wear one of those body suits like the women did at, at in Dubai. Would that work out? <laughs> I, I mean, he, he could do that. <laughs> I don't know that he wants to do that, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that might a be pretty, a bridge too far. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his, uh, his, his, uh, Worldview, I would think. Uh, I I think it's fairly happy not to be going to uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, I, God, I, would I really did it. blow it on that Vegas line, though, didn't I? Damn it! Now yeah, be- no, that was. Now I'm gonna beat was myself bad. up for the rest of the show. I'm just. Ah. I mean, I thought I sufficiently skewered you there at that point, so as to sort of mitigate any other skewering. I, no, I, I think I did a good job taking you to task. Honestly, no, 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 no. Self-loathing, self-loathing no, is big no, no. in the hawk. Self. No, I, I know be... that. I know that. But but I did a good job. I, I think uh, I think I, I held you to account. I roasted you a little bit. I needled you. Mm. And I even and I think even here in this kind of reflecting. On the opening of the show section here, this this second part of the show that we've managed to come up with here, I, I've done a nice job here as well too. I I'm really not... I'm on a roll today. We're only like four or five minutes into the show. Yeah, it's probably one of your better ones. Uh... Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm killing it. You're saying it negatively, but I'm saying it very, very positively. I I did not put two and two together and realize that the NXT Takeover special is the day after Saudi Arabia. It's another one of these marathon weekends where they just can't help themselves, huh? That 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 uh, that seems amazing to me. They're gonna put on like a four to five hour show in Saudi Arabia and then a takeover the next night. I was like, man, I'm I'm looking so much forward to that. Uh, 
you know, two hours of bliss that is NXT, and that card's looking pretty good. But uh, I had forgotten there's that slog to get through first if you're a completist. Yeah, how much of it in terms of, uh, for like NXT performers, how much crossover is there? Are, are, are anyone going to be over there in Saudi Arabia and have to make the flight back to America? Oh, God, no. I don't think they'd be that, that, uh, that sadistic. I, I think the most they'd have is like a couple of their big guys, like Dan Matha, maybe there for like the Battle Royal or something because he's a big guy. But I, no, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna overlap there. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. I, I'm loving every forced mention of Crown Jewel will be at least as good at, or at least equal to, or greater than WrestleMania, or whatever it is. They are really laying it on thick that, yeah, we're not ripping off our, our, our oil money brethren by giving them a haphazard show full of old guys past their prime. Which, actually does a little bit of disservice to the domestic audience. I'm sure a lot of the hyperbole just rolls off of the ears of a lot of people, but the people who actually kind of pay attention to this go, wait, that's supposed to be as good as WrestleMania? Or, even worse still, look at the quality of this upcoming Saudi Arabia event and think that it's an indicator of what they're going to get at WrestleMania, which you're now enough months out from WrestleMania, someone might make a decision and go, ooh... That Saudi Arabia show wasn't that good, and they said that was supposed to be on par with WrestleMania this year. Yikes. If I paid money for WrestleMania, and I have a few years, and I've always come out feeling like they didn't make this nearly as special as you thought it would be, because now they're doing pay-per-views every three weeks, I'd be, you know, I'd be a little bit mad. I'm like, God, so this is just more product. It's their big show. It's the biggest show of the year. They do it up. On to the next one. It's just like, man, they just, they, nothing ever really breathes a bit. You get a few rematches here and there, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like, okay, so you're just going to put on another WrestleMania a month later. And, yeah, and so I wasted all that money to see something historic, and I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, these Saudi Arabia shows, I think, are creating, look, the money is obviously a good thing for this company. But I think it does create a lot of problems, um, and, and they are starting to add up. So I asked you to watch that Dolph Ziggler promo that he cut. Did oh, you? God. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm a oh. bad friend. Wow. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, no. Let's go back to the accountability <laughs> chamber. No, I'm into this. Like, I, I, it's, it's only fair. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Hawkins, slap the wrist with the roar. I'm into it. That's fine. Well, let's see if I can find it. Real quick on the on the interwebs. If I can't, I'm not going to worry about. It. But uh, you got. I mean, this thing. I mean, I've heard around. I'm not the only one who who thought the delivery was weird. We're going to pause for a few minutes here, and I'm going to let Chris watch this video and then come back and tell me what he thought of it. And I will become WWE champion, and each one of you will admire me and respect me and you will love me okay and we're back jeff that was really weird <laughs> yeah it, it, especially after putting him out on a stretcher although he did get up to walk out you know to show he was you know i'm a real man i can walk out on my own power but uh the 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 crying the acting voice. was really bad i think Nick Nemeth thinks that he has a greater acting range than he actually does. Doing a show at Second City tonight here in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm aware that he fancies himself a bit of an actor, and I think sometimes when he does these promos, he is trying to do something for his acting reel later on. And, and this felt like a promo where he was playing for... Not the super showdown, but some show down the line. Um, I I didn't get why the crying was happening. I don't understand the mental crack uppy thing that he seems to be like kind of faking towards. And I I think basically you can chalk it up to being a massive ham. I, I don't think that there's some character motivation going on here. Well, I I think it's it's that well people don't like whiners. So they just came up, they just kind of came up with this character on the fly. 
so to speak, because this was a last minute thing to to bring in Dolph because it was originally gonna be Kevin Owens versus Kofi in in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but it does nothing for Dolph, I don't think. No, I, I don't sure think there's anything to build on here. No, and I don't know that he cares either. Right. I, I think that he's just doing what he needs to do, and I think he takes advantage of his camera time. Um, And there's nothing wrong with, you know, dipping your chicken tender in a couple of different sauces, so long as it's on your own <laughs> plate. And, and we're, so long as we're not sharing sauces. Like, if it's you and me, I'm not into that. Not into the sharing of sauces? I'm not, no. no I can't no, borrow you're, your you're, Polynesian Chick-fil-A sauce? Are, 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 are you double dip guy? Because if, if you're going to try double dip with me. I like will not we, double dip. I will not double dip with friends. No. No, no. I'll double dip by myself, though. Oh, yeah. On your own on your own time, in your own sauce, I don't care. But you can't mm. double dip in my sauce. Okay. Yeah. Glad we cleared that up. That is the end of my cleanup section. All right. So... Shall we get into 205 Live, UK, or NXT? Which was the second best? That's the one you like to start with. Oh, man, the second best. Uh, It's between the two NXTs, so just pick one. I'm going to say it's NXT UK is the second best. Yeah. So, not a ton going on in this show other than, well, okay, a very, very good main event, but... We started off with my friend, your friend, Joseph Connors, in a match with Travis Banks that went on eight glorious minutes, great minutes. Dime store Drew McIntyre. Connors, I think at least, is putting in time at the gym, and that does seem to be showing, but still not impressed, and Travis Banks is just a guy for me. You know what? I'm going to disagree a bit. I think this is one of Travis Banks' better performances. Because he did dominate for quite a bit of this, as opposed to oh, okay, to so be, be- better in terms of character building. Yeah, I do okay. because I I think uh, I I think it's weird. I see I'm I'm biased towards Travis Banks because again, I'm just his- allergic to caring with a Joseph Connors match. Yes. I, I mean it, it, it's it. I mean I saw this guy and I was already bored. Right. Now, Travis Banks was one half of one of my favorite tag teams, the South Pacific Power Trip. Um, he has, you know what, I, I look I look at him and I go, he he has a lot of Daniel Bryan in him. Sure. Absolutely. As a solo act. As a solo act. His problem has always been, like, when he was with Evolve and when he was the champion, um, not Evolve, uh, 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 Progress, when he was the Progress champion, they put him as a small, undersized heel who was supposed to be like that Benoit type, and all the guys who were bigger than him, not only did, uh, not only did, were they, you know, more impressive as kind of being a heel, but everybody wanted to see him get beat. <laughs> and so, it was one of those weird things where you never really believe, and also it was always like when they were signing people, so you never really believe he was going to lose the title. But as a fiery baby face, I- I'm liking him here. He's 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 improving a little bit on just the because uh, before he was just like doing a lot of grunting. I thought he was Arr! you know that 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 would always be his act. Um, I, I liked this. I don't like Joseph Connors naturally. He is as uh, Joe Lanza put it. He's he's the ultimate jag. Uh, just another guy on this right, show. Right. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I'll be interested to see what he does in the four way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the four will be cool. I, I, think, I think that there's a lot and, of interesting. He and Devlin pairings. are gonna are gonna flow yeah. real well. So yes. that'll be cool. Right, right, right. Um. So no, I'm into that. Nina Samuels had a very nicely done package where you know she talked about her being the director and how she played Tony Storm. I haven't loved every beat of this feud, but I I liked this package. I thought this was nicely done. For a B feud, this is very well done. And you know what? For for the hacky looking in the mirror and talking to yourself and monologuing thing, I was kind of hoping Mojo Raleigh's uh, reflection would come up on the other side. Just just for or the, the Ultimate Warrior. Just, yes, that too. Um, but yeah, no. This is this is the perfect kind of cooldown feud for uh, for, for Tony Storm before she gets into a main one for the whatever the next takeover is. Yes, I I enjoy Nina Samuels. 
So then we had a look back at the Mark Andrews and Gnome Dar match from a couple months ago to set up this little encounter between Gnome Dar and Mark Andrews, which was a, a short matchish affair. And then Gnome Dar faked an injury and got the win with a Nova Roller. Uh, I mean, he, Gnome Dar goes to this fake an injury, get get a win, or fake an injury, get an advantage move a lot. So it's a little bit stale with this guy. Although I guess, you know, the other way one could frame it is it's his MO. It kills me that the WWE, quote unquote, stops a match due to injury. I really wish they'd stop that. They've got to figure out a better way to do this because it does make the babyface who falls for this. The good dumb. sport babyface, it makes them dumb. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes them so stupid. And it's one of those things like, you know, if, uh, you know, people would try and fake an injury in territory wrestling, but it would be like, nope, you got to keep going because this is a sport of men. All those other things. I just, it just makes, and it makes the talent look soft. Both, both the guy faking the injury, but also the guy falling for it. It's like, oh, I got to be a sportsman now. It's like, no, don't, you know, I you don't have to, but. Uh. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think it necessarily makes the person faking it look soft. If they're a heel, it makes them look like a sneaky snake. And it's um, weird because they yeah, did it. Yeah, but it's the it baby in, face who they did really the heel the turn in. Yeah, they did the heel turn in Scotland where, of course, Gnome Dar is over as hell. <laughs> and he's still over even after doing this because this happens late in the match and Dar doesn't go particularly dastardly after that. He just quickly goes for the win off of the Nova Roller. So it's not even as though the heel turn is allowed enough time to really sit with the audience and marinate. And Dar doesn't really become a big league prick or anything like that. He just quickly goes for the win after taking advantage of the stupid baby face. Yeah, wrong with I, that? I, I, this is one where his promo next week has to explain why he teamed with him and then turned on him or teamed with uh oh Kenny in the Williams baby, in the Kenny Williams in the babyface team and then all of a sudden decided to be a heel again but he's also turned so many to times six, yeah this has no heft to it it has no emotional resonance he's just ah oh, they're doing something with him oh look at that we should be happy i i just Oh man, no- Gnome Dar is one of those people who, when I when he was in the Cruiserweight Classic, he wasn't that good, but he's improved, and he's continued to improve. And they've tried to sports entertainment him up, and it's just you wish he could just rely on his natural gifts as opposed to trying to put a personality on it. This character is not really all that hard. He's just supposed to be a cocky young guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I I don't know. I you don't have to overthink it with him. Rhea Ripley did a promo. Meh. You know what? I'm going to defend her promo, a moment in her promo, as one of the two best moments this week. Okay. Because I think she went off script and she told someone to shut up. I was like, thank you. Heels never tell these crowds, you know, off the cuff to shut up. She's got good attitude. I appreciate that about her. She has that in spades. And I'm just, I'm watching that and I went... And after she did that, after she kind of like went off script for a second and just went after a crowd member, she got centered in her character. And that helped her so much. And it was just, I was watching, I'm like, yeah, I liked this. I, I liked, uh, I liked the promo. I'm, you know, Rhea, Rhea, she didn't say anything because yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Say like, I, I don't know that I, I I liked it. I mean, I I like Rhea Ripley, and I I mean, I didn't need this appearance to know that I I liked what she does as as a character. And Look, she I've did already good, lost. Goodwill. She did a good job doing nothing. I've already lost goodwill with the Vegas joke, so I'm gonna go into dangerous territory here right now. In the Rhea Ripley Piper Niven feud. Should Rhea Ripley be going there with the weight cracks? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how she does it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's a comment on how Rhea Ripley is in peak physical condition and how she works out all the time, and you can tell when you look at her. And, you know, you can tell other things when you look at Piper Niven or something like that. Comments to that effect. 
I mean, I think that's fair game. There's obviously it's a difficult. way to do. There's it's, a way to do that and be in really bad taste. Um, yes, I think there's a way to do that though, and just speak to your athleticism. But there's a way to do it. I mean, here here's where you have to figure out how to thread the needle if you want to do that. There's a way to do it while you're still getting old school heat, but still being mean. Because the problem is in in our culture today with a lot of body positivity and be a, and especially WWE's be a star. Boy, and, and I, this is a company that really cares about making sure every segment is on tone with that be a star thing. <laughs> no, but you just as a revival, that, Jeff. Just ask. But them. you also know they don't want the heat, so it would be something. No, like, I'm aware. I'm aware. So it'd be so it'd be worded in this code language like people like you don't get to be champion that that kind of thing. Whereas. Or, so or even that, just something like, well, I work out every day. Well, now, I take, uh, you know, great care of my body. It, like, yeah. Flair called Dusty fat all the time. But it never affected him because Dusty would just brush it off and it would never affect him. And Dusty was such a great promo. I don't think in today's WWE you get away with that. On the other hand, Ric Flair also virtually destroyed Bam Bam Bigelow in a very short run in the NWA by calling him fatso. Because women don't like being called fat. And absolutely buried him. Buried him six feet under on promos for about two weeks. And, and Bigelow could not get, I mean, Bigelow went back to the WWF pretty much. Um, so yeah, it, it's difficult to do it. I'm just, it, it felt like for old school Jeff watching that, if you're cutting a promo and you look like Rhea Ripley does, you mention it. Because it's natural. But on the other hand, I, I completely understand why they don't. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I mean, it, does this feud need it when it seems like kind of a transitional feud? I, I would say probably not. But if it was a longer form feud, I, I think it's fair game for sure. I don't think it shouldn't be a transitional feud, though. I think Piper Niven is good enough because, I, I mean, I've seen her ma- do matches. This should be a big deal feud. This should not just be. I mean, how many matches do you think this well, I mean, if if I'm booking it smart, I can do... Not if you're booking it, with them oh, booking them? it. Yeah. They're dopes. I um. know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm aware. So they'll probably look at it and not even... They probably don't even know why Piper Niven is so popular to people. So I'm, I'm guessing it is a blow-off B-feud. After this, uh, we had a fun little promo with Cassius Ono. Depressed. Yeah, no, this was great. Love this. I I thought every part of this is great. I this character that Cassius is doing is so funny. You know, it feels like he's not even playing ball with the script. That's what makes it so good. He's just hey, I'm just you know, he, he's Eddie, Eddie Haskelling it up and kind of just you know hey whatever. I'm just gonna you know what I'm gonna riff. I'm gonna try and make guys break because it was obvious he tried to make uh, um. Uh, he was trying to break Scala, and yeah, Scala, I mean, when he Sid. sat down next to Scala, Scala Psycho Sid, yeah, Sid, Ju- Sid Justice, Sid Justice—that was the line. And you'd tell for a moment, it's like, "Don't corpse, don't corpse." Okay, good. No, um, interesting. He's going up against a uh, gentleman, Jack. Yes, yeah. It, it it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I think so I Odo finds a Jack way to get away. Is now full on babyface, or is it going to be one of those? He's only babyface in NXT UK. Do you think he is not a babyface on 205 Live? Uh, he's a disingenuous babyface on 205 Live at times when he's talking. I mean, watching this week, I'm a little bit more, they're going to kind of just make him full-on babyface with a little bit of an edge. But uh... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think they were sort of transitioning him and maybe were going a little bit non-committal over the last couple of weeks, but it seemed to me that they were leaning towards just straight baby facing this guy. So, I don't know. Um we'll we'll see what happens. I imagine Ono has some sort of trick up his sleeve. Um I I'm interested to see w- where they have this Ono arc going. Like how does this all play out for Ono? I'm uh see cuz they're not going to build him ever. I I think they're just right, keep right. I know. I, I mean, I, okay, so that's interesting. And maybe eventually he just gets sent packing. I don't know. I, I don't. I just don't know. Uh, maybe he becomes the twenty four seven champion. 
Put them in Gallus. <laughs> That'd be great. They replace it, 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 that the coffees introduce him as uh, as a true Scotsman, unlike that Wolfgang. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 so in love with this now. I want it to happen. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. If it, if it ends with Ono in a kilt to prove how Scottish he is, or like him discovering that he has Scottish ancestry through Ancestry.com or something like that. He, he brings out his family crest. He's playing the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. The, he has the Ono family crest. Yes. Yes. I'm into this. The uh, Ono oh family crest. <laughs> yes. And it has like hero on it somewhere. That'd be great. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Um, okay. Then we had a really fun main event with uh, Walter versus Pete Dunn, but kind of a surprise and a little bit like ho hummy heel turn for Walter, where it was like not really clear if Walter was in on the con until the end of the entire sequence when uh, Bartell and Eichner come into the ring and stand with Walter, and Walter is, you know, looking on with approbation. I'm I'm fine with it not being a clean finish. I'm fine. I'm fine with it not being a clean finish. I think they wanted you to think it's more of a swerve because of... But the problem is they didn't... I don't believe they played any of the videos where... They didn't play any highlights leading into the match of Eichner and Bartell having spoken to him before. I, I guess, you know, they, they expected you to remember it for some reason. Um, although you don't want to necessarily play it heavy because it's like then everybody has the expectation and you're ahead of the audience. Um, I, look, but what's I'm, weird is that like Walter in all of those previous encounters had sort of blown off Eichner and Bartel. Yes. And then last week we went really heavy on Walter as a face saying that he wanted the best Pete done because he wants the best competition. So I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this after that then. I see, like, okay, but I, I like all of that. I think you need to have Walter clearly be indicated to be in on this when you're going for the finish. I want people booing when the pin is occurring. Whereas I think the way they did this, people, while the pin yeah. was occurring, were confused as as though, okay, is Walter really in on this? Is he not in on this? So then the match ends. Because um, Walter, I mean, like, you know, I was watching him the whole time. It didn't appear that he was even, like, looking as Eichner and Bartel were doing anything. So He I, wasn't I, even I, aware of it. That, yeah, right, no, I, I, right. I hate that. Yeah, that's the worst kind of heel turn. The, the These guys help me, and so I'm going to turn heel after the fact type thing. No, I, I, I get that. I understand that. I, I wish... Yeah, it would it would establish Walter as a master planner, as yes. opposed to a, a a heel of circumstance. Right, and, and and I think that's they're going with him as the master planner here. I I that that's I think the real problem here. I I, I just want people to really kind of have a moment of sitting in the dastardly deed as our hero is getting thwarted now by overwhelming odds. Yeah, I, I at least he didn't act. You know what are you guys doing? And then turn heel. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, oh, that would no. That that would be way worse. I would be yeah. very much anti that. I like this stable. I like ring comp light or whatever they're gonna call it here. Uh, they're no thing, Gallus, but we'll see. Yeah. D well, much much like <laughs> yeah. you. Well, much like you say, you know, they never do those feuds the the feuds correctly with the Piper Niven thing. They never quite do stables well. No, for my no, liking, because no. it's always the star and his flunkies, and it's like, you know, I don't I, know. I think they have such a clear pairing against Mustache Mountain now, and Pete Dunne and Trent Seven and Tyler Bate are, are such obvious and fun foils for Ring Conf Light. I, I I think they'll be okay. I, I the question will be what is the second beat, but at least the first beat's going to be really strong. Yeah, no, I'm 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 down for this. I love Eichner and Bartel, um, and and Walter's great, and I I, I just uh, I want all of them in long overcoats cutting promos. That that's you know, some some dark room of some kind like Queen's, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody video, you know, with just spotlights on their faces. Yeah, I'm 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 down with this, and I'm down with them going up against British Strong Style as a unit. All right, so then let's move it over to 205 Live. Um, the Singh <laughs> brothers had a match against Jack Gallagher and Umberto Carrillo. 
The Singh Brothers are not untalented, but they are not doing much for me. Yeah, they are uh, perfectly fine, right? arrogant, delusional heels. They're perfectly fine. A little bit too much uh, pelvic gyrating for my taste, but uh, I think that's part of the heel turn. But yeah, nobody ever expects them to do anything. So I think everybody just kind of writes them off. But, you know, I I think I think they're valuable on this show, oddly enough, because this show has no personality and they are personality. No, this was kind of a meandering episode, but that in the Tony Nice era, meandering actually kind of defines us. Akira Tozawa ends up winning in the fatal five-way number one contenders match against Brian Kendrick, Arya Davari, Mike Kanellis, and Oni Lorcan. I have a weird prediction, Jeff. Okay. I think that Akira Tozawa does not hang on to his number one contendership status. Puts it up in a one-on-one match against Kanellis? Yeah, I'm thinking Kanellis somehow weasels his way into this. Because we're dying for the Mike Kanellis, Tony Nese, tete-a-tete. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, that's going to be a, a classic, a, a 205 Live classic. The part that killed me was leading up to the match where Vic Joseph forgets where Oni Lorkin is going to stop his promo. Yes, that was very funny. <laughs> um, the match itself, you know, all these guys are good. You, you can't say they're bad wrestlers, and it's not, but it's, you know, it's... It's what you get out of a fatal five-way. Guys pair off. Guys do spots. Guys do whatever choreography they're going to do. They hint at heel turns that don't really, you know, come to fruition. I got to try and say the word I was going to Manifest. You can just say say manifest. Metastasize. Metastasize, but you can't let for manifest. Let's go back to the accountability room, shall we? Mm -hmm. Third time in the show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Tozawa. I, I think, actually, I think 205 Live underutilizes him and what he can do. Oh, yeah, no, he's really good. I, he's, I, I love him over in NXT. He can do, he's just a very charismatic guy. I think he's able to get himself over. I think he can speak well enough on the microphone to deliver whatever type of promo he needs to deliver. The thing that Unless they want him nuts. to say decimate a whole bunch. Yeah, the thing that drives me nuts is most of these guys have great personalities and you never see them, but you see them on social media. And then when they script them, they just become these lifeless husks spouting jargon. And then you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, this is just a very WWE by the numbers, like, booking of a Fatal 5-Way match. It was fine. That 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 finishing move of Humberto Carrillo's, though, um... A little too clever for his own good. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Because that thing looked terrible in terms of the... He has to do the headstand, and then the uh, jump onto the rope, and then the moonsault. And, you know, it's a lot of moving parts where keeping it simple would probably be a bit more impressive. And then, now we move on to NXT US. Okay, Chris. Okay, Jeff. My big question coming out of this was the Undisputed Era segment interview from last week. Was that meant to air after the main event of this week? It sure doesn't make any sense (laughs) with it before, right? I I found... To recap. Yes. To recap. um, Last week, Matt Riddle was attacked. Yeah, well, Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish are outside talking. They're they're saying, you know, they're saying, you know, we don't know where Roddy is. He's gone off on his own. We don't care where he's at at because he always screws things up. Roddy comes running in with Matt Riddle's flip-flops. Says, I've taken care of that Matt Riddle problem for you. And they all high five, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it meant that, uh, you know, it implied a, it implied a, like an attack in, in the locker room or something. And, and then that, that would be come to fruition on, on this next show. We opened this show 
Matt Riddle's apparently fine, except for a couple of taped ribs. But at the end of the main event, Roddy has come through the crowd to attack Matt Riddle and put him out, and then everything's and then the and then the undisputed era is quote unquote stronger than ever. So I'm thinking what was supposed to happen was you're supposed to think Roddy took the flip flops when he kicked him off in the audience and then came from the audience during the match um against Fish and O'Reilly to come out and help, but he wasn't expected to be there because they were quote unquote feuding and they were master planning this entire thing. Yeah, that something's not quite right with this undisputed era angle. I, I I get what they're trying to do, but it's not the best rendition of this tune I've ever heard played. Well, because if Roddy did really beat down Matt Riddle and he's there, you'd think there'd be that moment or that scene where they're going, wait, I thought you took care of this. I think it's just Or like Matt Riddle. Yeah, right. Matt Riddle sees Roderick Strong and is really angry now at Roddy because that would be the person that Riddle would have beef with. Yeah. Mansoor defeats Sean Maluda, the returning Uso-like Sean Maluda. Don't do not do that to him. No? No. Okay. Don't well, do that to him. Come on. Why? All Samoans have to be Usos? They don't all have to be Usos, but they, <laughs> he, I, they have repackaged him yet again, and, and it's very much in the vein of the Usos now. Time for the... <laughs> Accountability room. No, um, you know he's oh, a nephew. Well, I'm, now I'm going. No, that's fine. No, let's go to the accountability room. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of Sean Maluda. I, I, I think like he's him. One of those, uh, but I think, but I think it's it's typical WWE. What box do we put him in? Oh, it's another one of the Samoan family. Oh well, but he's not an USO. So I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you out of the uh, accountability room now, Chris. I'm going to give you your get out of accountability room free card because they look at him and go, okay, he's another Samoan. What do we do with him? Yeah, so, we're gonna give him a, no because this is actually if you remember the first gimmick that he had was an USO like gimmick too. It yes. was just the light version of the face paint era USOs, right. and now he is modernized with the. Uso light gimmick again, and then he's been teaming, and yeah, I, I, uh, but I like the kid. I like him a lot. Mansoor, they see something in him. Clearly, I, I I'm not quite sure what yet, but I uh, don't see the end game with him. But like, okay, here's what he's good at. What he's good at is kind of like an old school thing. He's just good at selling. He mm-hmm. is the gifted. Enhancement talent guy, Jeff probably has some NWA name that you've never heard of that he will pull nope. out after I finish. Sam Houston. So, no, he's not, he's not just Sam Houston, but he's someone else um, who, who is, you know, very good at bumping around. And, and we had that one episode where we talked about him both as a face and a heel, and he did a very good job selling as both um, and yeah. doing the different types of selling. Like He really has that part of the business down. He doesn't quite have the body. He doesn't quite have, you know, the star look about him. There's no real discernible personality on this guy at this point. But he, the tool that he has is a very, very valuable tool. I just don't yes. know what the end game is. Um, Maybe there's not an end game. Maybe he's, maybe he's being kept around now to make those guys look good. Maybe. And maybe this is also kind of their way of, uh, you know, doing part with the Saudi Arabia deal. Yeah, and I, I think that's also, look, we get him on TV, guys. You know, we're doing our part to try and do uh, goodwill for foreign territories, et cetera, et cetera. And frankly, he's slotted into the perfect role for his talent level. Yeah. Yeah, give him but, give him long seven to eight minute matches where he occasionally gets a win over a Sean Maluda type, and then he gets fed to your up-and-coming star. Um and has a He's competitive only been match. In the system a little over a year, so I mean he has time to grow into something. It's not like he's, he's got a- talent, man. He has. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not like AJ Styles, but he he has some natural ring IQ. Like he gets what professional wrestling is about. Then we had a promo with the Velveteen Dream and a returning Tyler Breeze. What did you think of the returning Tyler Breeze? Um, he is a god in NXT, as far as I'm concerned. 
the the promo itself, uh, you know, it was it, it it was it was very Tyler Breezy. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I liked uh, I liked Velveteen Dreams' uh, fake fashion cop. You know, all the little digs to what he was doing on the main roster. But at the same time, Tyler Breeze has a bit of a embittered edge as he comes back down. He's not unhappy to be in NXT because they love him in NXT. He he's the baby face with a renewed vigor because I like that he's concentrating on a title that wasn't there when he was down there. Um, that he would have held if it had been around when he was down there. I mean, the the job of this was for Dream to play flaky. The entire time and not and not really, you know, see much in this. I liked it overall, though. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, you could you could see where we were going with this. I didn't necessarily think the execution of the selfie that beat could have been. That was rough. Yeah, it could have been a little bit better. Uh, I, I I don't not quite sure what was missing there, but there was there there was there wasn't a moment of reflection in in dream that this was a trap. Yes. And I really think he needed to get hit with the beauty shot right there too. That wouldn't have been too bad either. But, uh, Tyler breeze is that guy before he got called up, he was helping to train other guys. He was kind of a student teacher. He and, uh, Ty Dillinger, um, now known as Sean Spears. But I think being matched up with dream is going to help Dream quite a bit here, and I think uh, I, I think this is a good place for him. I, I, I'd much rather he'd be on the main roster making main roster money. I don't think he's getting that much of a pay cut to be down here. But, uh, look, he was the guy they trusted to be in the ring with Jushin Thunder Liger when Liger made his one shot in here. He, he's a guy everybody likes. You can tell from breaking ground. Everybody loved him in NXT there. Uh, I I want him to be wherever he can be most successful. And if it's here, it's here. Candice LeRae had a match against Reina Gonzalez. I have generally been very high on Reina Gonzalez, and I, I certainly still see something in her. But I did not think that this was uh, a great match. Uh, I thought that particularly when Candice went to do, like, a schoolboy or something. Reina Gonzalez ended up falling out of the ring, and I, I that that bump looks kind of rough, man. Yeah. Um. First and foremost, she needs to stop the Hanson stuff because she's she needs to find her own thing to do. I don't mind the look. I don't mind the cowbell. I don't mind the rope. I don't mind she's, even a little bit of surliness, but tonight was too much. It was too, too Hanson. Mu- tonight she was cosplaying Stan Hanson, and it wasn't working for me at all. Cause she didn't and if it's it. not working for Jeff Hawkins, then then this cosplaying of Stan Hansen is going to work for nobody, let me tell you. All right, sarcasm noted. But, but what what I'm saying was she felt like she was playing a character versus what she would be really doing out there with that stuff. And I'd much rather, because when when I was amazed, because I know she's tall. I know she's six foot, I think, even, which is even taller than me. But when she stood next to Candace, I she she dwarfed she or she made Kansas look like a dwarf next to her i i i did not realize it was that much of a disparity in both size and height and yeah she was clumsy that that that's that was my note but that's what tall people are so don't do the convoluted um you know let them do what's best for them and let them fall the way they can fall rather than these planned choreographed spots where people with perhaps not as much uh, dexterity can get to it. You know, I, yeah, that, that, that fall looked rough. There were a couple of, you know, rolling type of moves that looked like they weren't exactly uh, crisp, so to speak, in terms yeah, of on the, on the mat. This needed to be kept a little bit simpler. Some of these mm-hmm. spots were complicated. Just yeah, right. You just do David and Goliath, right? I, I mean, you know, you you chop down the big tree. Um, that that's what needs to happen here. You do a few high spots. You fly, hit the base. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I think trying to do these kind of more indie-ish style spots, um, especially with someone like Rana Gonzalez, who's still learning her way around the ring and, and may not ever have some of those spots in her, which is fine. She doesn't need to. The, the, she has many other things you can do with her. Um, yeah, so I but I, I can also usage. see... I could also see the chance that she's brought up way too early and she becomes Tamina. We had the horsewoman come down and they started attacking Candice LeRae and Io Shirai <laughs> comes down for the save. <laughs> there must be something in these horsewomen's contracts that says we must all get killed by kendo stick as a as a hazing ritual into the WWE. Because Ronda got killed with a kendo, and Io Shirai beat the crap out of these women, and there will be retribution. <laughs> there will be kendo sticks to Io Shirai coming, because they, they always, you know, make good on that. They did with, uh, was it Becky? Oh, it was Charlotte. It was Charlotte who was beating the crap out of Ronda on the main roster, but, man, Io Shirai was laying these things in. That kendo stick was bigger than she was. Mm. That was fun, though. That was fun. Then we went to our main event, which was a tag match featuring Red Dragon, or the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, against Johnny Gargano and Matt Riddle. We didn't talk about Johnny's promo. What do you think about Johnny's babyface character that he is working? It's not babyface enough. It's weird, right? It's a little bit too attitudinal. It's a little too alpha male-ish. I, I want my Johnny Gargano to be the Gargano who was teaming. I don't I mind the shock the school system line. The shock the school system line was actually a cool and funny line that a babyface champion could totally needle Adam Cole over because he's got the numbers. So, you know, a little zinger here and there on Adam. I'm fine with that, but... There, there is just something missing about the, you know, the Johnny was all like, this is our fight, and we're doing it all together. I think part of that is that we didn't really go on the journey that they had originally planned for Johnny. Um, we had, like, an abbreviated version of that. But, yeah, something's missing, at least for me, with his babyface well, character. Well, number one, the uh, when I mentioned Rhea Ripley, one of two moments that I really loved, I loved Adam Cole. Just kind of going right back. I think it was during the shock the school system. I was like, oh, shut up or whatever it was, because he thought it was such a lousy joke or something like that. I, I love just that kind of natural moment there, because you don't get the natural moments in promos in the WWE anymore, as you should, which would help it so much. I just feel like I'm reading somebody from the main roster came down to do some consulting on the character, and it feels like they said... Nope, he's too goody two shoes. We gotta give him a little bit more of that alpha male edge. He needs edge. He needs edge because if he comes up to the main roster, nobody will like just a flat out good guy. So he's gonna be, you know, stone cold Johnny Gargano or whatever. And it, it's it's it, it would be one thing if if I had believed through this character development that he had been kind of hardened by going on the ride with Champa. But I think people want want after the redemption. I think they just want the old Johnny Gargano back. Right. They just want the Johnny who wants to succeed with his wife, and he and his wife are on this journey together as as professional wrestlers, and they're both trying to achieve career success. It's not really yeah. that hard of a, of a story to tell. Um, and Candice doesn't have to be involved in every single beat, but like that is the character. We want him fighting for what's right, not fighting for himself. I, I think that that's the the moment. He's like, yeah, I gotta stand up for myself here because I'm a man. No, you know, I'm fighting for these people, everybody. Yeah, that's the, yeah. It, it's the light. This is my it's, life dream. This is what I have been fighting for. This is yeah, this is what I've been working for my whole career. Can't do the one thing that turns all those types into geeks though is how much of is 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 they're fighting for the people. But then they go, because it's always been my dream to be a WWE superstar. It's like, no! Or, just or fight it's for my the dream to entertain you people. Yes. Just have him be a fighter who's fighting for the people. That, that's all I want. Is there any other beats we need to hit? 
I think we kind of hit them all. I'm, I'm trying to decide what we're going to do for our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. Well, plug. you've got a couple of days to figure it out. We'll tape it on Saturday. Yeah. And for those of you who have stuck with us for a long time, you may have a surprise coming early in the week. You may. Uh, Chris knows what it is. Chris is uh, very supportive of it. <laughs> it it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'll be all right. I'll okay. be all right. I'm not, I'm, I'll be okay. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Do we need to go back to the accountability room? I'm, I live in the accountability room. At C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. At C-R-A-P-G-A-M-E-1-3. Crap Game 13. Patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. Hold on, Chris. What? I did a Fritz von Eric parenting joke on the Tuesday show. I live in the damn accountability room. Do, I mean, do you, you want even in the plug section? Do you want to be in the accountability room? Oh yeah. Okay. No, All right. Continue. No, that's no, fine. Um, <laughs> don't worry about the government. Subscribe to that iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, also the All in the Family podcast. Obviously, they did live in front of a studio audience this week. But if you want to hear something that's a much better portrayal of what's going on with All in the Family than a one-off that starts on the end of season four, you, you know. I, I think we've got that covered. So go and check out the All in the Family podcast. That's it. We will see you on the Patreon side here this weekend. So make sure you subscribe to patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Sherman Helmsley never broke his George Jefferson. You ever notice how Vince McMahon is essentially George Jefferson? Like that walk? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.